Hi, welcome back to Oxcord Chronicles. This week we'll be talking about famous American jazz record label Blue Note Records with special guest and UCLA Radio Spring turn Max Dallas. Hello, here to talk about Blue Note Records, uh, perhaps the quintessential American jazz record label, at least in the 20th century. Um, so I guess we'll just get right into it. Right? <laughs> so Blue Note, uh, Blue Note Records was founded in 1939, initially by Alfred Lyon a German immigrant uh, who came to America that year, and Max Margulis, a American communist writer who funded the label in its early months. Later in 1939, Francis Wolfe, a photographer and a childhood friend of Alfred Lyons, joined Blue Note, and Lyon and Wolfe are pretty much the main two figureheads that have kind of stayed as icons in the Blue Note universe to this day. First up, we're going to play a widely known jazz standard uh, called Summertime. This is recorded by an early Blue Note star named Sidney Bechet. And uh, Summertime was initially composed about five years earlier in 1934 by jo George Gershwin for the opera Porgy and Bess. It's, it, it's intentionally rooted in spirituals, a distinctly African-American style of music that came about from the transatlantic slave trade. So yeah, this is Summertime by Sidney Bechet. Enjoy.
Okay, so that was Summertime by Sidney Bechet. All right, now we're getting into perhaps the most iconic era of Blue Note records, um, the era of bebop. So what differentiates bebop from earlier forms of jazz? Well, uh, bebop is a lot more improvisation heavy, and it, it's formed by artists that grew up listening to these jazz standards, such as Summertime, which you just heard. And it's known for very energetic recordings, faster tempos, and improvisation on a single scale rather than based around certain chords. It features rapid key changes and shifts, essentially highlights a central musical theme, which is very present at the beginning of the recording that we're about to play, uh, entitled Un Poco Loco by Bud Powell. This recording is released in 1951, <laughs> and it uh, features a very young future icon, Sonny Rollins, on tenor sax later in the song. Bud Powell is a piano player, by the way. So yeah, here's Un Poco Loco by Bud Powell. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Okay, so that one was significantly more energetic, a bit more frantic, a bit more technically advanced than Summertime. And Blue Note doesn't stop its evolution of jazz there. Um, this next recording that I'm about to play is by John Coltrane, and it represents Blue Note's ventures into hard bop as it matured from the foundation of bebop. So what really makes hard bop different from bebop? Well, uh, just as bebop was an expansion creatively from the foundation of jazz standards, uh, hard bop is when we start getting into the mid to late 50s, jazz, modern jazz at the time, started incorporating influence from genres that were adjacent to it in uh, their musical sphere, such as rhythm and blues and gospel music, often incorporating saxophone and piano in prominent roles in the mix. Whereas previous forms of jazz were often played in a usual big band style, hard bop stays true to a small combo of three to seven instrumentalists, all taking turns improvising on a theme. This next recording is John Coltrane's Blue Train. It was a big hit from 1957, and this recording is one of my personal favorites. It was recorded in the studio of prominent Blue Note sound engineer Rudy Van Gelder in his parents' home in Hackensack, New Jersey. Hmm. Oh. Okay, so this is Blue Train by John Coltrane. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was Blue Train by John Coltrane. Normally that song is 10 minutes and 43 seconds, but given that the show is only an hour, we had to cut it a little bit. So that's why it might have cut short. But regardless of how much we played of it, still very prominent was the extreme balance in the mix between louder and softer instruments. Uh, Rudy Van, Van Gelder, the sound engineer for a lot of these Blue Note recordings, especially in the 50s and early to mid 60s, his trademark was essentially clarity in music, and we have him to thank for his meticulousness in documenting countless albums. This next record I'm going to play is another Van Gelder recording from his home in hard bop style. It is Lee Morgan's The Sidewinder from 1964. This was a huge hit that gained pretty extreme commercial success at the time, even among other rock and roll hits at the time. Keep in mind, this was 1964, so you know, the Beatles were becoming extremely popular in America. This had a lot of economic competition, but the Sidewinder's clarity, exactness, and uh, really just the rehearsal time that the musicians put into it made this recording so iconic. So yeah, this is The Sidewinder by Lee Morgan.
So yeah, that was a Sidewinder by Lee Morgan. Another 10-minute song that we had to cut, but you should listen to it in its entirety. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, these songs are uh, really long, but that's because they take the time for solos to develop, and they're really feeding off of each other's energies. Remember, these are literally recorded in uh, Van Gelder's uh, front room of his parents' house, so they're just feeling the energy and doing multiple takes over the course of days. Um, actually a famous quote from producer Bob Porter of Prestige Records, which was a competing record label of Blue Note at this time. He said that the difference between Blue Note and Prestige is two days rehearsal. And you can really hear that in the clarity of the theme and just the overall quality of the recordings that Blue Note was putting out. These, uh, characterized Blue Note pretty much during this time, the 50s and the 60s, as the Blue, as Blue Note's golden age, essentially, I'd say up until... 66. Something also important to mention is uh, Francis Wolfe's role as a photographer. His skill combined with the long rehearsal times that artists had and the comfort that they gained in Van Gelder's studio and other studios um, allowed Wolfe to really become expressive uh, with his photography. And these made for epic, iconic album covers that featured monochrome overlays, popping colors, and bold text that uh, created dynamic, pensive, and really like living, breathing shots of the artists as they rehearsed and recorded. Uh, both the Sidewinder and Blue Train have iconic album covers, but there are many others that really define Blue Note as a record label. A few years after Sidewinder's release, in 1966, Alfred Lyons sold Blue Note um, to Liberty Records. They had been doing this for pretty much a quarter of a century at this point, and they were getting old. Lyon retired in 1967, and Wolf died in 1971, and the 70s kind of mark Blue Note as a period of financial strain and demand for hits with a little funding. They were nowhere near the economic and cultural prominence that they had in the 1960s and 1950s. They were still making music after the 1960s, in this, into the 70s, there were a lot of recordings that reflected the sounds of the times. The intersection of jazz, jazz fusion, and funk, as evident in this next recording by Bobby Humphrey, which is his recording of the song Chicago Damn in 1977. <laughs> uh, let's give it a listen. Cool. So yeah, this is Chicago Damn by Bobby Humphrey. Thank you. 
That was Chicago Dam by Bobby Humphrey. I really like that title. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say about Blue Note that the 1970s were a time of significant hardship. But not only that, the, a lot of people claim that nothing productive came out of Blue Note in the 70s and early 80s. And that's just because Blue Note didn't have the economic and cultural dominance that it once did. I'd argue that recordings from Bobby Humphrey and a few other artists are actually pretty groundbreaking and 
innovative and cool in their own way, even if they didn't gain the mainstream attention, especially of the music critics of the time. But moving forward in Blue Note's history, 1985 is the year that the Blue Note rebirth pretty much happens. Bruce Lundvall is the guy who acquires Blue Note and uh, he becomes the president and CEO and decides to reinvigorate Blue Note. He gets artists such as Joe Henderson, who you're about to hear, as well as several other uh, contemporary jazz legends to return to Blue Note and record for them. And what I'm about to play is pretty much an example of Blue Note's return to form in the 1980s. Uh, this is Joe Henderson's recording of Beatrice. It's a live recording and it really represents um, Blue Note returning to its jazz heritage. So yeah, enjoy. This is Beatrice by Joe Henderson. Thank you. 
Also, I'd just like to add that this playlist is pretty limited, uh, even for Blue Note. Artists like Miles Davis, Art Blakey, Horace Silver, Thelonious Monk, Wayne Shorter, Freddie Hubbard, and Herbie Hancock, the list really goes on, make up a plethora of foundational and essential artists, not only in jazz, but in American music as a whole. Uh, so although my views are a bit limited and my portrayal of blue note is limited keep in mind that th there were thousands of blue note recordings literally about around like a thousand or so albums that uh blue note put out and uh it's certainly important to have that perspective when historicizing uh blue note as a record label yeah i've noticed that when planning episodes that once you get to like the 80s or 90s like the the so-called genre that we talk about it starts to just diverge and go crazy because you can't like genres aren't even real it's more about the artists themselves and once the artist starts to branch out the genre just gets kind of left behind and it's hard to track exactly where the genre goes so once you get to the 90s we have to usually choose a certain path to, to talk about because if we didn't we'd be talking for hours about all the different places that blue note records and jazz is gone yeah it's essentially this idea that uh genres are externally imposed by people who are um, generalizing art and it, that does reduce the visions of individual artists and i really think that starts to happen after the 1980s and as we get into the present day with blue note um, especially when you look at uh, the early 2000s because we, we start to see artists like nora jones who had she she swept the grammys in 2003 <laughs> for her first album and off of that i'm gonna play her one of her biggest hits and also a certified banger um <laughs> don't know why from 2002 so yeah i love this song too this is don't know why by nora jones enjoy <laughs> you by the house of fun I don't know why I didn't come I don't know why I didn't come when I saw the break of day I wish that I could fly away instead of Teardrops in my hand My heart is drenched in wine But you'll be on my mind Forever Out across the endless sea I would die in ecstasy, but I'll be back. 
the bones Driving down the road alone My heart is drenched in wine But you'll be on my mind I love that song. It always reminds me of like 2006 going to Starbucks and Barnes and Noble after school. Like your mom picks you up and you just wander around Barnes and Noble, find a book and just sit down and don't know why by Nora Jones is playing. And you're just at peace. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's definitely, it definitely has a um, coffee shop, bookstore vibes. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful album. That was off her debut album, Come Away With Me from 2002. Um, and Blue Note has featured uh, a lot of prominent artists in recent years. Uh, just fast forward six years to 2008, and we see the release of an Al Green album. Uh, at this point, he's a bit later in his career, he's, and we see the release of Lay It Down by Al Green, um, an album released far after uh, what he's mainly known for, like the Let's Stay Together type early 1970s soul hits. But uh, here he is on 2008's Blue Note Records, and uh, we're about to play You've Got the Love I Need, which is uh, a pretty popular song from its time. It actually won a Grammy the next year in 2009 for uh, traditional R&B performance, and it's, it kind of just proves that Al Green, he, he's still got it. So yeah, this is You've Got the Love I Need by Al Green, featuring Anthony Hamilton. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, so that was Al Green's 2008 R&B hit. Um, and I'll pull out one more example of Blue Note's modern influence. And we're going to go back to 1993, uh, looking at the group that we know and love, A Tribe Called Quest, on their album Midnight Marauders. Uh, particularly, we're going to look at the use of sampling in their song Electric Relaxation. Uh, the instrumental features a very chilled out, um, I guess, relaxing, uh, hence the title, <laughs> uh, piano riff that's looped and sampled by um, Alicia He Muhammad um, to create this legendary jazz track. And it is pulled from none other than a Blue Note recording, uh, hmm. Mi- Mystic Brew by Ronnie Foster, which was from his album uh, Two-Headed Freep. <laughs> yeah, Two-Headed Freep, uh, which was released in 1972. It's a pretty cool uh, fusion of jazz and, like, uh, just different... It's a really unique style. This album is uh, very worth checking out. But then again, so is Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Uh, we're, we were going to play for you um, Electric Relaxation by A Tribe Called Quest. So here's Electric Relaxation by A Tribe Called Quest. Uh, 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 uh. Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, or Haitian. Mm. Name is Fight Dog from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got BBD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. But sex was on my mind, pulled the whole damn route. My mom was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop dimes because you couldn't relate. Relax yourself, girl, you couldn't relate. Relax yourself, girl, you couldn't relate. My mama and I'll be your boy Original road boy, never am I coy You could be a shorty in my ill convoy Not to come across as a thug or a hood But hun, you got the goods Like Madeline Wood By the way, my name's Malik, the five foot freak They say we get together by the end of the week She simply said no, label me a hoe I said how you figure, my friends tell me so I hate when silly groupies wanna run the yap Word to God, hun, I don't get down like that I'll have you weak in the knees that you can hardly speak Or we could do like Uncle Ella swinging up in my jeep Keep it on the down, yo, we keep it discreet See, I'm not the type of kid to have my biz in the streets If my mom don't approve, then I'll just low. Let me save the little man from inside the boat Let me hit it from the back, girl, I won't catch a hernia Bust off on your couch, now you got Siemens furniture Shy, he fight for the extra P Stacy Beetle, PJ, and my man LG They know the abstract is really so on ice The character is of man 
never ever a mice Shorty let me tell you about my only vice It has to do with lots of loving and it ain't nothing nice Yeah, that was a tribe called Quest. I love that band. Yes, and uh, these three, these last three recordings that you've heard—the uh, one from Nora Jones, from a tribe called Quest, and from Al Green—really represent Blue Note's role in the contemporary era. And uh, in so many ways, I, I'd say that the story of Blue Note is the story of American music. Um, it's rooted in African American artistic traditions that have evolved over decades and decades and uh, have influenced countless genres to this day that um, emerge in many different ways, from Nora Jones's singer-songwriter style to Al Green's revival of his uh, trademark soul style from the 1970s to electric relaxation and the intertwining of hip-hop, a uh, newer but, you know, definitely mature uh african-american rooted genre uh intertwining with jazz and um this is really uh blue notes blue notes um presence in music uh looking to the future of blue note uh i'm gonna turn your attention to a pretty prominent musician pianist uh who was actually featured in the last episode uh yeri talked about him for a little bit on the neo soul episode his name is robert glasper and he is a blue note uh jazz pianist who has uh been really prominent over the past uh decade or two in jazz and in hip-hop and music as a whole um i'm going to play a recent recording that he worked on with Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats, which is a remix of uh, Denzel Curry's um, So Incredible off of his project Unlocked 1.5. Robert Glasper provides production and keyboards on this uh, track, but he has done so much more. He was in the Blue Note All-Stars, a jazz combo of seven, um, which produced a a bit of another revival of Blue Note in uh, 2008. But this essentially shows how Blue Note's uh, story continues to this day and through individual artists will continue to make waves in American music as a whole. Hope you enjoy. So yeah, this is so incredible. PKG, the Robert Glasper remix by Denzel Curry. I don't write rhymes, nigga. I write checks. Might rewrite your life if the price set. Mic check, one, two, one, two. It's the nigga Denzel coming out of the zoo. Carry city what I breed. Dissect the flow so you can see what I bleed. Put it all together and it forms the one thing. 
Captain Planet, I'm on my packing cannons to crack Atlantis. It's so incredible. Looking at your face is so regrettable. Better fix your mother, gotta rush you to the medical. Doctor, bugging out like Flick versus Hopper. Untouchable to any window shopper. Mannequin, flow scorched the back just like it's Anakin. Smoking cannabis, but ain't no journals that I'm handling. Like, who brings a composition to the competition? There's gonna be some consequences when I'm. Now let me turn it to the judge and throw the book out This skewing on a barbie like a motherfucking cookout This rhyme is dedicated to every MC I took out And ones that got the best in me so all y'all niggas look out yo, I chef mad flavors Bitches up the energy, it's like a lifesaver Shave it off the top, it's sorta like a lightsaber She's greater, he's greater When they mention I, definition of the fly And that's why I don't write rhymes, nigga, I write checks Might rewrite your life if the price set Mike check, one, two, one, two It's the nigga Denzel coming out of the zoo Carry city what I breed Dissect the flow so you can see what I bleed Put it all together and it forms to one thing Captain Planet, I'm on my packing cannons to crack Atlantis It's so incredible hey, I got this theory that all country niggas is related, you feel me? Shit, we got courage in my family, nigga We might be cousins Back of your line, nigga, I'm cut neck Five in the morning, like damn boy, you ain't up yet. No fatigue, no crease. She got a lajon at the creepy. We getting lifted like elevators in Brixton. Let me paint a quick picture. It's husky, I let me spark. I been on big ginger. I'm Bob Ross with the art. I got home this morning and parked my car in the yard. Stumbled right into that coochie that I had left on the charger. Roll right over, check my DM. And every message said, car pay like Smino Poppy. You probably don't remember me from Wisconsin. I was baying all the green. I bought you a couple packers. Told you that you the reason. I still got hope in these rappers. I'm like, huh? Me, little old me. Bought the steppers out tonight and I ain't talking Frankie. At the Beverly, I seen my dog spark the stanky. Came a long way from Parker Road, parking the mm-hmm. I don't write rhymes, nigga, I write checks. Might rewrite your life if the price set. Mike check, one, two, one, two. It's the nigga Denzel coming out of the zoo. Carol City, what I breed. Dissect the flow so you can see what I bleed. Put it all together and it forms to one thing. Captain Planet, I'm on my. Packing cannons to crack Atlantis is so incredible. Looking at your face is so incredible. Okay, so that's this week's episode. I wanted to give a special thank you to Max for being on the episode. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it was super exciting to put this, put this together and dive into Blue Note. Yeah, this is definitely one of the most in-depth episodes that we've done, and I, I certainly learned a lot in this episode. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one. And once again, if you guys are interested in being on the show, just reach out to me or DM me on Oxcord Chronicles, the Instagram. So yeah, thanks, guys. So there was a little bit of time left over on this episode, so I wanted to play one more song that we didn't get to play initially while filming. So this is Miles Davis featuring John Coltrane and Bill Evans, Blue and Green. So enjoy. Enjoy.